Every occupation has its own set of terminology to learn. For some, like the military, it's a whole host of acronyms. ACC isn't a college athletics conference with a terrible TV contract, but it's Air Combat Command. For others, it's a series of abbreviations. In the printing industry, a SIG isn't short for something you go smoke on a 15-minute break. It's short for signature, which is the basic unit of binding. Still others have measurements that the average person will never understand. I worked for two years for a heavy construction company before I went to seminary, and I cannot tell you what a yard of dirt is. Not a clue. Even in ministry, we have lots of terms that are rarely used elsewhere. Two of my favorites are Greek words uh, that we have brought into the English. One is uh, actually a two-word phrase, hapax legomenon, which is so fun to say. It means a word that appears only once in the original text of the scriptures. The other is adiaphora, which means things indifferent. It's used to describe parts of our theology that we can disagree on without impacting the core of Christianity. That Jesus is the Son of God is, of course, vital. Whether or not we have candles on the altar is adiaphora. Part of going to seminary is learning a wide variety of these words and phrases, and then you spend the rest of your ministry thereafter trying to never use them from the pulpit. For those of us who went to Episcopal seminaries, there are several words and phrases that while very popular in the classroom, thankfully we rarely use in real life. Let me push back on that was a favorite phrase in seminary classes. But if you used it in a clergy meeting today, you'd be able to hear the eye roll. The worst offender, I believe, is it's not really an either-or situation. It's more of a both-and. Ugh. I can still feel my blood pressure go up when I hear someone say that. And yet here this morning, I'm standing in this pulpit going to suggest to you that the key to understanding the Martha and Mary story is to embrace the both-and. I'm sorry to do that to you. So often this well-known story gets boiled down to competition between two sisters with Mary seen as the winner. Jesus says Mary has chosen the better of part. So clearly she wins, right? But what if it wasn't a competition? What if we stopped pitting women against each other just to keep them busy instead of standing up against the misogyny that the church is specialized in for the last 2,000 years? What if we admitted that neither Mary nor Martha actually did anything wrong in this story? Or maybe more accurate, they were both actually a little bit wrong. And that is precisely the point. Jesus didn't come to condemn Martha or Mary. He came to save both Mary and Martha and you, and me. Our gospel lesson this morning begins with Jesus and his disciples arriving in a village where they are welcomed into a home owned by a woman named Martha. 
Context clues tells us that Martha and her sister Mary are siblings of Lazarus, Jesus' friend whom he had raised from the dead in John's gospel. In this story, however, there is no mention of Lazarus. Curiously, there is no mention of any man by name other than Jesus. The home that Jesus and his disciples enter into doesn't belong to Lazarus or to Martha's husband, but to Martha. This would be highly unusual in the first century, and it makes us assume that that Martha is a widow and likely has significant means. Now, the cultural expectation was when people entered your home, you set to work on welcoming them. So Martha began the process. She drew water so that they could wash their feet. She got the wine out while she baked some bread. And then she was in the kitchen, maybe stirring up some hummus or pitting olives as she strained to listen the lesson, listen to the lesson that Jesus was teaching in the other room, all the while stewing that her sister Mary was in that other room. Martha's frustration grew and grew until Luke tells us that she was completely distracted by her anger. What started out with good intentions of welcoming guests had become a burden that hampered relationships. Now Mary, for her part, was violating all kinds of social norms. Women, not just the women of the house, were expected to help prepare the food and serve the men. Only once all the work of hospitality was over would they join the men in conversation. But Mary didn't do any of that. She sat at the feet of Jesus. To use a phrase my mother taught me, Mary's head was so far up in the clouds that she was no earthly good. It's no wonder that Martha got frustrated. Things are supposed to work a certain way, and Mary wasn't living up to her end of the bargain. So Martha went to Jesus and complained to him about him and her sister. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of this work? Jesus can see beyond the surface, and he knew that Martha was not feeling simply distracted by this point, but that there was a storm raging inside of her. Martha. Martha. With compassion and love and grace, Jesus reaches out to her. Martha. Martha. You are worried and stirred up by so many things. Jesus could see that Martha's work of hospitality had become an obligation and a burden, and he tried to offer her what she really needed. And that was to see the work of hospitality as an expression of the love of God. Martha just needed to sit recharge at the feet of Jesus for a minute. So in saying that Mary had chosen the better part, 
Jesus isn't prioritizing study over work, but instead he's inviting Martha into a both-and way of thinking. All of us are called to welcome guests and to serve the coffee, just as all of us are called to rest in God's love and learn from the word of God. Nearly five years ago now, the vestry of Christ Church spent a weekend at All Saints Camp discerning our mission. The culmination of that weekend was the mission statement you hear every Sunday and read all over the place. It's a mission statement that could probably use some updating, but I think there's still a lot to glean from it. Christ Episcopal Church is a community of Christ servants who seek to worship God with joy and wonder, to learn and grow together, and to radiate God's love to all. At its very basic level, our mission is both and. We take seriously the work of Mary as we find ways to sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn how to live out this life of faith. And then as a natural outlet of that learning, we follow the example of Martha and radiate God's love to all. Learn and serve. These are not competitors in a zero-sum game of faith. They are dance partners in this journey that help nurture and sustain us for the work to which each of us is called. Learn and serve. Martha and Mary. Both. And. Amen.